Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a loaded show for you again. We're going to be going over the trade deadline, as uh, we call it. Uh, thanks to Thomas for that. He uh, <laughs> had kind of coined the phrase, or at least the, the, for this last trade deadline, as not a lot happened, unfortunately, that uh, we kind of expected. Eddie and I talked about the Ducks did make a couple trades. We'll talk about those. Uh, some drama with uh, Delorier and Getzloff. We'll go into that as well. We'll briefly just cover these couple uh, games against uh, Colorado before that. And basically most of the show is going to be on the trade deadline. Um, Getzloff, you know, not getting uh, moved. Uh, Delorier not getting moved. Uh, all kinds of other stuff going on. We'll talk about some of the trades around the league. Comments by Murray. Comments by Getzloff. So there, there's, there's a lot that we're going to be going over on the show. So just uh, buckle up. Grab your favorite uh, alcoholic beverage or maybe coffee or whatever you're drinking and we'll rock and roll. Uh, Eddie, before the trade deadline, uh, your two teams collided. You had the Ducks facing off against the uh, Colorado Avalanche for two games. I suspected the Ducks would lose both these games and they did. Uh, The first one actually was pretty close. Ducks uh, only losing this one 2-0, but it was really 1-0 until... You know, towards the end of the game there. And then, of course, they lost the other one on Sunday when all the uh, basic trade deadline drama started. But uh, what did you think uh, about the Ducks in these two games before we dive into the trade deadline? Well, the first one, they, they, they it seemed like they were going to pull out something. Like, I, I don't know. I've been saying it through the whole season, too. I don't know why Colorado has such an issue playing against the Ducks. I, I just I don't understand that at all. Like, they seem like every time they play the Ducks... They're never that Colorado team. Yeah, they had that, a few games where they just absolutely dominated. But even in those dominating games, they still didn't play to their full potential. And I, I don't know, something about the Ducks is their kryptonite. So if if the Ducks didn't squeak in the playoffs, or if they had a team that was capable enough to squeak in the playoffs, and they had to play the, the Colorado the Avalanche in the first round, I think the Avs would, would be in trouble, especially with, the, I guess, the, the missed luck they have against the Ducks. And then that, that last game they played against the Ducks, you can just see things heating up. I really wanted to see one more game between these two. I think it would have been absolutely madness. I think with that last game they played, the Ducks were frustrated. They lost bad. They got smoked, but the Ducks weren't fighting back or backing down to that physicality. They were really like running and gunning on them. And I was really looking forward to just hopefully seeing one more game than playing too bad their series ended because there was some, some bad blood starting to boil right there. Yeah, and that bad blood's kind of interesting because we'll talk about Getzloff and the Avs later in the show as that kind of unfolded. But uh, you're right. It, it seemed like the Ducks uh, had uh, a decent game uh, on the first one against them, you know, giving up that late goal um, in, in the in the game to make it 2 nothing. But, I mean, it was a pretty even battle. I, I think the first game was kind of, kind of boring, honestly. I was kind of sitting there going, all right, somebody going to do something. You know, and uh, Colorado gets a late goal in the second period. Um, just kind of waiting for some action. Uh, Gibson played well in that game. Johansson played well in that game. It was a goalie duel. So if you like those types of games, that's what you got in that one. And then, yeah, the second one, you had some more animosity. You had Drysdale getting his second goal, which was, was good. And it seemed like maybe the Ducks could pull out a point, right? They were down 2 nothing. He gets that one. And the third 
But then Colorado answered right back to make it three to one, and then another one by McKinnon, and and you know that was pretty much the end of it. But uh, uh, the real drama, I guess, started kind of in between these games. Uh, you know, throughout the weekend, this trade deadline was a little bit different. We knew that it was going to be a little bit weird with the lockdowns, um, the flat cap, the expansion draft, and all these things. There were moves that were made over the weekend. Uh, Monday was pretty much a dud until the the Mantha trade at the very end. But the drama started really uh, with Delorier before this second game against Colorado. Eddie, I this was just really strange. Uh, you had Elliot Freeman putting out there that. Delorier was going to go to the Penguins, and this was a little bit after 1 o'clock. Remember that duck game on Sunday was at 3, so you had that out there. I wasn't really surprised about Pittsburgh. You and I had talked about it, put in an article. You remember um, Dan uh, from Pittsburgh Hockey Now? He talked about it back in the beginning of March that Pittsburgh was interested in Delorier. So when it came out, I mean, emotionally, I was like, oh, man, because I, I like Deloria. I know he doesn't provide offense. I know his analytics are terrible, yada, yada, yada. But I like the fact that he fights. You and I have talked about that. He brings grit. He stands up for the players and whatnot. So I, that part, I was kind of bummed. And then seeing that tweet, and then Elliot Freeman deletes it and then goes and puts out, hey, they're just talking now between the Ducks and the Penguins. Uh, I was like, okay, so what the heck's going on? Then, while that's happening, Eric Stevens puts out that he talked to the league and the Ducks and that there's no trade. And then you also had uh, Dave uh, Malarney from uh, Pittsburgh um, Hockey Now. He said the same thing, uh, that there was you know no deal yet. And he even added that it was unlikely. So we were kind of left hanging on that day, Eddie, while the Ducks were playing Colorado. I put out the, the article kind of chronicling the timeline. But what did you think? Because Elliot Freeman deleted the first tweet, put out the second one, which which made sense. But then he deleted that one, too. I just I thought the whole thing was very strange. Yeah, there's something obviously happened. And maybe he jumped the gun a little bit and he deleted that. I, I don't know. Maybe they were close to making a deal. Maybe uh, Friedman jumping the gun like that stopped the deal. I, I have no idea. It's just weird. Maybe there's more moving parts to it that were going to go on, but it didn't end up happening, so that deal just fell through. I guess we'll never know. It's, that's too bad, but I'm glad he didn't get traded because once I heard that, I'm like, oh, great. My favorite player from the Ducks is going to be traded. Like The Ducks need that grit. They need that person that's going to fight and to stand up for his teammates and pretty much provide that energy, especially in a season like this. The Ducks can use any energy they could possibly have so i'm glad that it didn't it didn't come to fruition it just i'm still kind of confused on, on how someone like that who rarely makes mistakes i just something must have happened that we don't know about and 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 maybe there is more to that trade than just sending him over there to pittsburgh maybe it was going to be a future considerations thing like you joked about mike and then they were going to talk something bigger with, with someone else I, I guess we'll never know hopefully it comes out soon it just slips and then we get an explanation but we wouldn't hold our breath on it yeah i mean that part was kind of weird and then you know like you said we found out it wasn't like really going to go through after that game you're kind of left as a, a cliffhanger so then you go to the next day on the trade deadline and then um andy strickland uh bally sports midwest now uh, used to be fox sports right he puts out, oh yeah, they're talking 
So they're like, okay, here we go again. Is this going to happen or not? Obviously, you all know it didn't happen, but he said that there were still talks on, on the trade deadline about it. So sitting there going, okay, well, well what's going to go on with this? The other th- part of it that got uh, crazier too was during that game, uh, one of my sources hit me up and said, hey, uh, Getzloff's um, talking about you know being open to being moved. And I was like, okay, you know, sure, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, we heard all this stuff, not a big deal. <clears throat> and then uh, the same thing. There's a, a report early in the morning on that day uh, from TVA Sports saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Getzloff's open to that and whatnot. So now now you have both these going on. So the day starts out kind of weird. You're like, okay, is Deloria going to get traded? Is Getzloff going to get traded? And then you saw, you know, there was that was the end of the Delorie uh, stuff, right? Strickland put that out and that was it. Then there was more and more people putting out stuff about Getzloff. Um, we did hear over the weekend too from Sportsnet, uh, Chris Johnston, he talked about Montreal and Vegas being interested in Getzloff. And then again, Andy Strickland came out and said that Vegas was interested in Getzloff. So he had that going. So, so the morning started out like crazy on that Monday. You were sitting there going, what in the heck is going on with this? Uh, what is going to happen? And of course, it ended up both of them didn't get moved. And instead, the Ducks made a couple minor moves, which we'll get to those in a minute. But um, the Getzloff thing was pretty interesting. Um, we also heard after the trade deadline, I had a, a different source tell me that Joe Sackick placed a call and that he was very interested in Getzloff. And he wanted to add him in there uh, so that they could make a run for the cup, which I knew I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, because it was after the trade deadline. I hadn't told you yet, Eddie. So I was like, oh man, dude, I'm going to tell him this. <laughs> he's going to be excited because he's going to be like, oh, your other team is interested in him. But then, you know, you are, you, you know, it didn't happen. So, um, you know, it was just kind of crazy. And then you had uh, Pittsburgh was also in on this too, we heard. And, and Jeff Carter ended up going to Pittsburgh. So I, I wonder if that all was tied in together, too. If there was some discussion of Getzloff going to Pittsburgh, you had Delorier, too. Did that all? I, I don't know. It, 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 maybe there's two completely separate things, and maybe it was completely unrelated. But I, it's just weird to see all this discussion about both of them. Nothing happens. And uh, that's where it stood put on that. What, what did you think about this whole Getzloff thing before we go into the, uh, the trades that the Ducks actually did make, Eddie? What, what was your thoughts on him? You know, he, he could have possibly also played with Perry in Montreal. That was another uh, possible outcome. Yeah, that, that was just really, really weird. And it blew up from there. And just the, the more the morning kept going on or when I checked on Twitter or when I briefly came home and put it on on. NHL Network, he just kept talking about Getzloff. So I, I, that trade talk was heating up. I thought he was going to be traded. Obviously, if he's willing to move his no movement clause, yeah, he stated that he wants to get a uh, return back to the Ducks to help him get better. But obviously, he probably thought long and hard if that's the right decision for him. Talked about it, uh, talked it over with his family. He's a real competitive person. So I, I really think that deep down inside, too, he also wanted to go for a chance to, to win a second cup. And that's his right. And I, that's just really upset me that, that Murray couldn't facilitate a trade and get him to a cup contending team especially like the one like the Colorado Avalanche because it seems like that would have been a for sure lock bearing any injuries that the Avalanche would have won the cup if they're adding someone like Getzloff in their lineup would probably slot into that that third line role and less pressure on him and he can just perform in a third line role that would have been a dream team right there 
And that would have been like the the team that, that oh, man, I just can't even imagine. I would have been the first person to get a get soft jersey. That would have been it's just just amazing. But it's just crazy how he was willing to to waive his no movement clause, and a trade couldn't get done. Like obviously, this this player Getzloff has given his his heart and soul and everything he had into this organization, and they should have tried everything possible. I don't even care if you're not going to get the maximum return for him. Obviously, there's no way in hell you. That you're going to get a first overall or a roster player or a top tier prospect, you'll be lucky to get, you know, third maybe fourth round pick for him at, at this point, and you're going to eat up salary. But at least you get something in return, and you have give him the opportunity to go out there and win a cup. I, I was also told too by someone that knows someone in the front office from the Ducks that Montreal had some uh, some offer on the table to the Ducks for Getzloff. I, I couldn't find anything set in stone to verify that, but. Obviously, later on in the day when I found that Montreal was one of the teams that were interested in, it, that pretty much made sense. And I wonder what the option or the offer was. But still, he should have been given that opportunity to go out there and try to earn that second cup. Because obviously, this decision that Getzloff made to potentially waive his no movement clause, it wasn't just an overnight decision. I'm sure he had discussions with his family. I'm sure he had discussions among him himself. Just really like taking into consideration everything that's going on and, and the, I guess the amount of years or time he has left in the league, if he even wants to play beyond this season, it just, I don't know, that pissed me off about Maria. It just like he owes Getzloff. I think Getzloff is, is, is owed and earned that opportunity to, to do that. If, if, you, if you don't get the this, this first overall pick that you thought all these teams are just going to just drop their pants and give you pots of gold for, for players that aren't worth it, that's not how it works. And it's just sad to see Getzloff still stuck on this, this shit hole of a team right now. When he could have been out there, uh, re-sparking some competitive and trying to uh, trying to win another cup for him, so it's just kind of sad that he's still on the Ducks right now. When when he was willing to move his uh, wave his no movement clause, but I mean, still glad to see him in a Ducks jersey regardless. But I think he deserved better. Yeah, and this could have been a win-win for both. I mean, if you think about Getzloff getting traded, um, you know, Pittsburgh got Carter, similar age, similar numbers. Obviously, a difference in the salary, of course. The Ducks would have had to retain salary. That's a no-brainer. But for Carter, they got a couple of picks out of him. Uh, I mean, the, there doesn't seem to be unreasonable that the Ducks could have got a couple picks or maybe one decent pick, something for Getzloff that would have helped out the team. And then Getzloff, say, goes to Vegas or Colorado. Those were the two closer teams, obviously, you know, to home. I think we mentioned Vegas like one of the earlier podcasts this year, just because we had talked about him staying close to home. And that was when all those rumors, you know, the rumors kicked up there even before the season we talked about with Getzloff. So there was that option too. He could have gone there for a couple months, played in Vegas or Colorado. And then, you know, if he would have won, come home. Uh, Pittsburgh, Montreal, a little bit more difficult, a little bit farther away. I know some people kind of had hope for Montreal, like you talked about. Um, which was sound like a serious contender because you heard that through your pipeline and then Sportsnet talked about it too. Uh, he would have been reunited with Perry. That might have been something interesting to see uh, as well. Another option. Um, none of it happened, but I, I think, yeah, the Ducks could have um, given him that chance. I, I think he would have definitely come back because his family's here. That's a huge concern to him, which I applaud him for that. I mean, of course, I mean, you have your wife and you have several of your kids, your home base is here in Southern California. You know, I'm not going to give him flack at all. I mean, your family should be, if not number one, it should be one of your top obvious considerations in something like this. So, um, 
and and I think it's good that he and Murray did talk about it and confirm that that is what had happened, you know, about trying to be moved. I do like that the Ducks are more transparent with some of this stuff because we heard from Murray and we heard from Getzloff. Whether you like the outcome or not, as far as this part, you know, at least we got some feedback because sometimes you don't hear anything. At least we heard about this. I mean, we didn't hear all the specific details. Getzloff only confirmed uh, Vegas. He didn't really say much about the other teams, but we've heard from different people about the other ones. So, you know, we knew at least four that were kind of in on him. So I, I was happy that part that they that they had him do the interview. They put out that article. They had the video of him. Uh, they had Murray talking about it. So you know we got some insight onto what happened. They confirmed that yes, he was willing to be moved. Um, it just it wasn't the result that we wanted. And I'm with you. Yeah, I, I would want him to stay on the team uh, if he comes back in the off season. You know we had a, a person asking about that too. If we if we would know 100, percent you know what we'd give to know 100. percent I mean, I don't, I don't, I think it's a no-brainer, Eddie. I mean, I, I, I think either he's going to retire or he's going to come back as a duck. I, I don't really see any other options going on from where we're at now. Yeah, and it, it's all going to determine what happens next season. I, I know it's not fun not having fans there, and then I, I guess probably kind of tiring playing the same team eight different times. I know other players in the league have complained about it. Uh, Nathan McKinnon of the Avalanche was one of them too, complaining about. Uh, how the situation was it's it's it doesn't i guess the energy and excitement level is not there with the fans and as much as you know as we need them on a daily day life basis to for us to get a little bit of a a break from normal things in life they need us there too to to cheer them and get that that energy flowing and it just it's different when you're performing in front of a, cl- a crowd regardless of if you're performing not so it just it's, it's going to depend what happens next season if if, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope he just, when he retires, it's going to be strictly on his own decision and he goes out the way he wants to go out and not just because uh, he's being forced out because he, he doesn't want to play in this this eight eight teams again, or play the, the same team eight different times and no fans and, and stoppage because of COVID or anything like that. So I hope when he makes his decision, it's basically he can go out on his own time and I hope he gets the accomplishments and recognition and the records that he definitely deserves. And that was also mentioned too. You know, he's still trying to chase uh, Tamu's um, you know point record. So there, there's a little bit of that in there uh, thrown in as well. Um, you know, he said he already won a cup. If he didn't win a cup, that that could have been a factor as well uh, playing into that. And he mentioned what you said. You know, he wasn't really happy with the way the season went. And I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, face it, we've this season's been trash for this team. We all know that. I mean, it's not a shocker. And then not even having fans in the building, um, you know, there's going to be fans. We're going to be at some of these games here coming up. They're allowing fans, if, if you didn't hear about that. But it's only going to be like 1,700-something fans. So, I don't know. I'm going to be at the game on Friday. It's going to be probably kind of weird because everybody's going to be spaced out and whatnot. I just wanted to, I just want to see a freaking game in person. You know, and I, I, I know some other people travel to other states and things like that and saw the Ducks, but I don't really have that luxury. So, I'm happy I do get to see him. I know that the season's going nowhere, but you know I love watching games in person. Um, so we'll try to give you know some kind of boost, even though it's going to be only 10% uh, capacity there. So you know it's just kind of frustrating uh, the way it worked out. I would have liked to see him get a chance to win another cup. The Ducks get something to help them out, and and then go from there. I mean it, it didn't work out. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. 
But, uh, you know, to see that and see this discussion happen, because, you know, we didn't think it was going to happen, then it, it actually did, and it didn't work out. But I, I'm with you, Eddie. You know, I, I don't give any fault to Getzloff at all. I, I think the fact that he talked to Murray, the fact that um, you know, he talked basically to the fans and was open about it was huge. And uh, I hope he does come back, you know, for uh, a couple years and then finish it out if that's what he wants to do. And, and if he doesn't, if he decides to retire, then that's his right, too. Um, so it's just really interesting. A lot of craziness with Delore and Getzlaff and both of them staying in this, you know, 24 hour period, Eddie. Yeah. It, it only begs the question is, is Deloria going to be traded come the off season? If his name was already brought up, uh, something like that. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. I and mean, th- this whole season has been weird. So it just kind of going with the whole, I guess the whole theme of this season, how it's been weird and the trade deadline got weird and all the deleted tweets. I, I still don't understand why he deleted the tweet. If he, if he jumped the gun and messed up, why not just go and say it? Just why delete the tweet like altogether? Like it's just going to go away. You doing that, it's only going to feel more fuel to the fire. So I don't know. We'll have to just wait and see, I guess. And I don't know. Knowing Murray, nothing's really going to happen in the offseason either. So we don't have to, worry about that but the, i guess the the big question is if, if guess office is, is going to come back because if he does he'll be a duck but the question is if he's gonna want to come back and play another season yeah absolutely I, I agree with you and you know the ducks did make two moves last minute <laughs> you know we waited all morning all morning for this right we were sitting there uh, wondering if we're, they were going to hear anything about Getzloff, or we're going to hear anything about delorier uh, of course the other big names are raquel and manson which we'll get to in, in a minute here but uh you know, two last-minute trades right after the buzzer. Kind of getting used to this now. Uh, and it was funny because you and I talked on the last show and I put out an article about Hockenpah, Hutton, and Larson. And we said, hey, watch these guys. These guys might get traded. These are the lesser-known players. And then two out of three of them got traded. So I was like, oh, so we're going for the small-time stuff here uh, with the defensemen. So Hutton ends up going to Toronto. Uh, the Ducks get a fifth-round uh, 2022 pick, and then they sent Hockenpa and a six-round 2022 pick to Carolina for Hayden. So I was happy with the Hutton trade. I thought he wasn't working out and doing, uh, you know, what we needed. Uh, I thought he started out okay, but then kind of tail, you know, uh, tapered off a little bit. Ducks got him on a PTO, not a big deal. So I thought that uh, that was a good trade. Uh, with Flurry, I kind of had mixed emotions. I know in our group chat, I was kind of I was kind of irritated in the beginning, and then started doing some more research and thinking about it. Um, I don't know. I still have mixed feelings. I, I think the Ducks might come out on this one. Um, both guys are, are kind of similar in stature. Hayden is younger, does have more offensive upside, may, maybe not as strong defensively as Hockenpah, um, but. Uh, Either way, these trades aren't, you know, going to really do anything to help the team, unfortunately, Eddie. I mean, they're just both kind of, I don't know, just kind of whatever trades, in my opinion. I, I don't really have, you know, a lot to say about them. I, I mean, I think they help the Ducks a little bit, but <laughs> there's not really much more to these. Yeah, I just they're not bad trades. They weren't like, like, what the hell are you doing? They're just typical Murray trades. Like, these trades aren't bad. They're not going to significantly help the Ducks get to them to be that better team or to, to boost them into a, a a spot next year where, where they're considered a, a contender or even a playoff team. But it's just, they're not bad. 
but these kind of type these types of trades will be forgotten about within six months and you have to go back and like oh i wonder who they traded him for and it's just it's just gonna fade into the to the air and then getting a fifth round pick is it's cool especially that you didn't really give up anything for him it was just a player tryout ended up signing him he he helped out when, when the injuries happened he was there but it's just it's, i i just it irritates me that you're in a position to get teams to try to overpay for players and to make a big trade that that ducks really needed they needed some a pick they needed a roster player and you don't make those trades happen you just stick to your your minor trades you spend to the wire talking to carolina on a josh manson trade that was talked about but nothing happens like i i didn't want to see manson or raquel i, I well i didn't want to see both of them at the same time gone. I wanted one of them gone. Preferably Raquel. I wanted prefer to keep uh, Manson, but we would have got a higher return for Manson. But it just nothing really happens. The Ducks don't go anywhere. They're still in that same spot, and and then they keep winning games too. They're, they're probably gonna not get that first overall pick that I've been wanting all season. But it's just it's just frustrating. Another another year and another position where it's clearly the Ducks are rebuilding, and Murray just couldn't couldn't get teams to buy it or overpay or he just didn't want to do it like or he waited to the last minute and try to get, make all these trades happen but it's like dude you had over you had a few days like teams started to, to to drop the ball on saturday and sunday making trades and you just kind of wait to the last minute and to make two minor trades that really aren't going to have any significance to the ducks yeah we had one question about flurry from uh cody book on instagram you know he asked do we think flurry being stuck behind great d core and carolina hasn't given him a real shot uh, i do think that's part of it maybe why some people are looking at this trade going okay you know why do we get this guy he's he's not as good but here's the problem uh he's gonna basically be in the same situation you have lindholm fowler manson shattenkirk and then him uh, I mean, he's not going to be in the top four role. So uh, I'm curious to see what will happen. Um, he, he joined the team. He and Hockenpah, they took uh, private flights. Um, sw- they switched the players up real quick. So he's going to jump in and, and play with the Ducks here coming up. You know, they're going to be playing the Sharks, some games against the Kings and whatnot, uh, and finish out the season here. we only got a couple weeks to go. So, But I'm, I'm with you. It's not as significant and I, I don't know what kind of look we're going to get at him I, I i hope he adds to the offense and, and is able to help out but um it's it's really i think the upsetting part which a lot of people are talking about is raquel and manson and this is the the big thing you started touching on it um it, it seemed like manson and and uh, carolina could have worked that deal out um you know we asked you guys if you thought uh letting raquel go and Manson go for a first, second, or third round pick. What would you guys think? Uh, you know, overwhelmingly, you guys all felt a first round pick over eighty percent of you, and only a handful, sixteen um, percent, said a second round pick, and then you know one percent for third, which we knew that. But most of you wanted a first round pick, and it sounds like Murray's comments on this. You know, he talked about it. He he said we were going into another good draft year. Um, to add to the ones that we've had the last few years. He said, making deals for draft picks who aren't first-rounders doesn't make a lot of sense for us right now. My goal is to get players who have already been drafted and have a little bit of experience already. So it, it seems like his game plan going into this draft was to get you know, first-round picks or to get top um, you know, uh, younger players that are NHL-ready. 
And, you know, obviously we're not there. We're not on the phone. We're not in the, the emails and the texts and the conversations or, or whatnot. But he wasn't able to get that for Raquel or Manson. So it almost seems in the Carolina situation that he wasn't able to do it for Manson. So they, maybe they inquired about Hockenpah because he had played a top four role, had filled in with Lindholm. And, you know, they put him in there. And then in order for the Ducks to do it, uh, you know, they wanted uh, Hayden. They knew Hayden was going to be on their bottom there, but then the Ducks threw in a draft pick, and, and it seems like that's it kind of went, started out high and it went down. And, and that was the end result there. But uh, what do you think? I mean, a, a lot of people upset. They, they think that Raquel and Manson should have got first round picks. Um, it sounds like Murray wasn't getting offered those. We also had another poll question about that, kind of throwing out a whole bunch of stuff. To see what people thought. If he overvalued players, is he just tough to deal with? Did nobody give him a first-round pick? Uh, and then lastly, the expansion draft. And, and you guys had a little over forty percent said you didn't think he got offered a first-round pick. Quarter of you thinks you know that he overvalued players, and then followed by the expansion draft being an issue, and then him being difficult to deal with. So uh, that's where you guys broke the line. I, I think it was a combination of you know pretty much all of those, uh, or at least three out of four of those things. In here, but what did you think, Eddie? It sounds like he went in there with this mindset, not so much, hey, I, I, I can sell Raquel Manson and maybe Getzloff or some other players. It seems like, you know, okay, he had this mindset, I want first round picks or younger NHL ready players or bust kind of a thing. I, I don't know. That just kind of seems, you know, by what his quote's saying and then how it played out. Uh, do you think that was kind of his take? Or you think something else, why um, these guys didn't get moved, specifically, of course, Raquel and Manson? Uh, I don't know. I think Murray's just trying to smoke in mirrors again. He, he's trying to just convince everyone that that these these players were, were worth th- that value and he wasn't going to you know buckle and, and, and kind of take, uh, take less than what he wanted. But I think it's just a, a way for him not to trade these guys and he can still just save face and he can t- just show the owners, like, hey, look, I, I, I was out there trying to trade them, but teams wouldn't, you know, give me what these players are for. They wanted to underpay me, which is kind of rare to trade deadline because teams usually overpay. It, it just seems like typical Murray BS it, it, why these guys didn't go. Like, you're telling me no teams offered a first-round pick for Manson? I call BS on that, 110% BS on that. Baby Raquel, I, I can see him not getting a first-round pick. With how cold he's been and the, the streakiness and how his production dipped off, I can see that. I, I can see him not getting a first-round pick for him. That's understandable, but not for, for Manson, uh, a player that, that can easily slot into a top-four role, that can eat those you know, huge, large minutes. That's going to be that, that physical player that teams desperately want and need in the playoffs. You can't get one team that's going to make the playoffs to bite and, and shoot you that first-round pick for him. No, that, that, that's but I call BS on that. I think Murray is just he didn't want to trade these guys at all, and he, but he didn't want to just go into the trade deadline and say he didn't want to trade them. So he just kind of overvalued them so high that it scared other teams away, and and it's just so he wouldn't trade them, and he just had an excuse why he didn't trade them. So if that makes sense, it's just that just pisses me off. And once again, the Ducks are going to be in the same position going into the offseason. And, and you know what? Honestly, too, don't be expecting the offseason to come and Murray just going to magically just do a 180 and start making moves that are going to bolster up the Ducks and make them better because I, I can't see that happening either. I think we're going to be in the same position uh, come start of the next season, too, with, with Murray and his comments and, 
him the smoke and mirrors and him trying to convince everyone this is a win now team and we have a core that's going to win and whatever excuse he's going to try to use just i'm so sick and freaking tired of it it's getting so frustrating and annoying day in and day out watching how murray tries to conduct this team and it's not good business you're paid to put product on the ice that it's going to attract people and and you're just putting crap on the ice and you see crap that's going on on the ice and you're not doing anything about it and it just more just talk and words for Murray than anything, which I absolutely hate. Uh, I think you echo a lot of what people are talking about. I mean, that that's a boatload right there. And, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that felt that he overvalued the players going into this. Uh, like I said, a fourth of you felt that in the poll, and I saw a lot of comments about that. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think the other part of this, uh, not to defend him, but... I think the expansion draft did play into this, and that was part of the problem. You saw uh, other there were first-round picks out there to be had because there were ones that were done. And we'll talk a little bit about the league and some of those tra- other trades as we wrap up the show and, and whatnot in a little bit here too. But they were out there, but part of the problem, this was kind of a unique situation. You had the cap not going up. You have the expansion draft. You have uh, Manson and Raquel... I think people were hesitant. I, I think they both could have got first-round picks if there wasn't an expansion draft. The, the issue here is that both these guys can be exposed. So you have to you know protect them or you have to figure that out. Like, am I going to give up a first-round pick for a Raquel or a Manson? And then depending on you know what kind of configuration I'm going into uh, as far as my protection of my players, am I going to be able to protect these guys? I mean... I don't think any team in their right mind would want to give up a first-round pick and, and then not be able to protect them and then lose them. I, that's just craziness, right? So, uh, But there are picks out there. There were ones that were thrown out there, especially Detroit with that crazy trade. But there, there, there was some stuff to be had out there. The other thing that people don't talk about, too, is both these guys were injured this season and how much that weighs into it. I, I think, like you were talking about Manson, I, I think probably could have gotten more of a better value just because of being a stay-at-home defenseman, a right-handed shot. Um, you know, he had just another year. There's things that could have maybe been worked out or whatnot. Raquel, I was a little bit more concerned with. You remember he got tangled up with uh, Kyle Clifford and uh, took that nasty fall and hit his head uh, on the ice, and he did not look good. And he was out for those four games or so and then came back. That would be a concern for me. If I'm a GM, I see that play. And, and then, of course, he cooled off. Like you said, you know, he was on fire. He had, you know, those 12 points in, in six games back in March. He was the talk of the town. He was on every trade list. And then now he's not scoring points. Then you see that happen. And then on top of that, you have to worry about the expansion draft. So I think that's why a lot of people were hesitant with Raquel. I, I think part of it was the overvaluation, like you said, Eddie then I think it was that type of injury and then the expansion draft. I think it was just a recipe for disaster in terms of Raquel. Uh, Manson, it it sounded like he could have had something worked out with Carolina, and it didn't. He ended up going with a little bit more of a minor trade. That one was a little bit more frustrating for me um, because it just adds to this whole thing with the expansion draft coming up. And we'll do a show as it gets closer. But if you look at the situation now, the Ducks brought in Hayden, Right. So now, I mean, who are you going to protect in the expansion draft in terms of defense? Uh, Hayden is one that you have to protect, you know, if you want to. But he's one that's either protect or expose. I mean, you know, what are you going to do here? And then you got Shattenkirk, Manson, Lindholm and Fowler now. So you got five guys. Max, you can protect four. So now you got to try and figure that out. What are you going to do? 
Uh, if Manson would have gotten traded and they got Hayden, you could have protected Hayden and then exposed Larson. So I don't know what the Ducks are going to do. They're going to have to try and figure that out. Um, you know, I, I think they're not going to, uh, you know, shy away from protecting four. I, I, I don't see them exposing Shattenkirk and Hayden. Uh, I mean, I think that they would want to, um, you know, keep both those guys uh, or, or, or flop one of them. I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a bad situation, I think, to be in uh, coming up, um, trying to figure out, hey, what are you going to do? Because if you don't uh, protect uh, Flurry right now that you picked up, now you gave away Hockenpah and a pick, and then he's gone. I, I don't know. I, Seattle might not want him. I mean, they might not. They might not go for him. I don't know. They may not want Shattenkirk. I mean, he hasn't played as well either. So that's my issue too, Eddie. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on here. I don't. I think some people are trying to oversimplify this. They're just like, well, he should have just traded this guy for that guy. Okay. In a normal draft, I agree. But <laughs> it's just a weird time with the lockdowns and COVID the cap issue, this expansion thing, uh, Raquel Manson being injured. I, I mean, to me, there's just a lot of factors to go into it. I'm not making excuses. I don't like it. I, I think he could have moved Manson, and it ultimately didn't work out. But um, they're going to have to figure out some stuff with the expansion draft too, Eddie. So now we're kind of in a bind here, what we're going to do with the defense. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be at least something that will be fun and interesting in the offseason with this expansion draft. I can't see them exposing Flurry and just losing him for not getting anything in return, especially giving up Yanni and that pick. I just can't see that happening. And 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 Flurry's kind of a, a defender where you don't know his ceiling. Like you know, he was stuck behind a lot of defensemen in Carolina, so we don't really know what we have in him and what his ceiling and potential is, as well as Seattle doesn't know. And to take take a chance on a young defenseman like that. It, it it would be dumb for them not to do it. So I I, I think he gets he gets uh, he he stays in Anaheim. They don't expose him. Shattenkirk on the other hand, I can see him getting exposed, and I can see Seattle not taking him. He hasn't played too well to his contract this season. It just seems like it's too much money for them to to want to take take on and 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 just kind of a you know like like a like a project to see if he'll he'll regain some steam over there in Seattle with a new team. I think it's a risk that they're not willing to take. Especially with this flat cap that's going to be happening too, it's, it's not going to go up. It's going to stay the same, but it's just too much to risk. But I, I definitely don't see Flurry getting exposed. And if he does and gets picked up, then that's even more fuel and hate that Murray's going to get and excuses he's going to come up with why he did what he did. Yeah, you know, part of it. I just kind of thought about it now. Maybe, like you said, he protects Flurry, and then he exposes Shattenkirk with that cap. Like you said, he's thirty-two, so he's older. Um, maybe he's just going to be like, okay, if you guys want to take him, then that creates more room for him in the off season, like you were talking about. Uh, of course, you know, like we said, Getzloff will be off the books, but then are they going to bring him back? There's other younger players they got to consider. Um, you know, the Perry's thing is going to go from six to two million against the cap. So the Ducks are going to get some cap back, but then they've got to go sign other players as well. So maybe Murray looks at it as, okay, uh, I mean, he's not going to let Fowler, Lindholm, or Manson go for nothing, I, I don't think, unless that's another option. Uh, what if he, it'd be kind of crazy, but what if he protects uh, Shattenkirk and Flurry Eddie and then exposes Manson? I mean, it's kind of crazy. I'm just trying to maybe think a little bit out of the box, but is that something you think he would do? 
Oh yeah, I I I don't know. I'd probably be rioting outside of Anaheim at that point. It just would that would crack me and break me. Like absolutely no, no point to do that at all. That'd be the dumbest thing he could have done. Like just, just pretty much expose. Oh man, I don't even want to be thinking about that. You know what? The fan base too, Mike. I, I don't know how much more they can handle because they're ready at that breaking point. They're ready to storm storm Honda Center. Uh, I think it's beyond pitchforks now. Like they're just on that edge and they're heated too. all the comments. It just, uh, they're getting frustrated and tired of what's going on. And I don't blame them. I don't blame anyone at all. It's, it's extremely frustrating, but I just, I would say that's not going to happen. Gotta be the dumbest decision ever made, but who knows it Murray. So it's just one of those things where you just don't know. You know, and you talk about comments and the fans getting upset, which yeah, they, they've been, right. I mean, they've been all out this, this week. Uh, and, and rightfully so, um, you know, uh, with what's going on. But another comment uh, that came out from another GM that sparked all kinds of, um, you know, uh, anger was uh, on Elliot Freeman's podcast, The 31 Thoughts. He talked about another GM um, who was talking about Murray and the Ducks. And it was they were saying that it was basically, you know, don't ask. But uh, if you're going to ask, the price is going to be so high um, that you're not going to want to make a trade anyways. I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but that, that's kind of the lines of what the, the quote is. So it, it makes you think again. Uh, and that's one GM. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the other 29 or so said, um, you know, in these discussions. But you have that one. I, I don't know. Maybe that team wasn't in a position to give anything to the Ducks. But if Murray's being that stubborn, he's coming up there saying, you know, I, I want A and I'm only going for A. I'm not going to go for B. I mean, you're not leaving a lot of wiggle room um, to work with. And, and I don't know if that's what happened, but that one quote there kind of leads to that. And, and people are, you know, really upset when that quote came out. And it goes back to the, well, I didn't get offered first round picks. Okay, maybe you weren't offered first round picks, but if you set the ceiling so high and, and didn't give other GMs an alternative, then... I mean, would you have gotten those picks anyways? I mean, I, I don't know. We, we, we'll never know, of course. We're, like I said, we're not there. We're just talking about this now from these quotes that we're hearing and whatnot. But, I, I mean, that that just didn't really help that situation right there, Eddie. People were, were upset about that. If he did indeed set the ceiling so high and not want to try to come down from it. I, I think that's what he did. I think he did that. So he won't lose these players that he really didn't want to trade, but he felt obligated and kind of borderline forced to try to make something happen so he can just kind of prove that he's you know he's trying to trying to do something that's going to better the team but i really think he didn't want to make these big trades he doesn't like making big trades like that he doesn't like making big splashes or are changing the dynamic like that so i think he just set the, the prices so high it would not budge and he wanted he wanted more than, than what they're worth and I, i'm not saying raquel and manson are, are worth crap because they're not they're we're great quality players. I think they would thrive in a different environment. It's probably not easy playing in, in Anaheim right now. And I don't know what's going on with, with management and coaching staff, but obviously there's something going on that, that maybe that no one knows about. I think a different change in scenery would show both these players blossom until, until you know their potential or what the players that we all know they're capable of doing. But I just don't think Murray wanted to make that big trade. And he was just... He wanted to revert back to his comfort zone and and just go back to these little minor trades that he's so used to doing all those times. He even waited to the last minute to pull off these trades, which is another a, a thing that's been happening in the last few trade deadlines. Is we don't hear a zip from the Ducks, and then 
once the trade deadline is officially over, all these trades are pouring in, and then boom, here comes the Ducks making back-to-back trades getting announced. So it's just kind of typical Murray, and it's it's unfortunate the Ducks did not get any better. So the only thing we can bank on now is if Fleury can get that 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 room to fly, and we can see his ceiling and see what he could bring to the table. And we have a a few more games to to kind of see the sample size and what he can bring to the table and how much better he can make the Ducks if he can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got like a couple weeks to go. We'll see how he's going to do. Uh, you know, we had another question too uh, from Larry um, Gabo. He asked about, you know, re-signing Volkov too. That's another one to watch in these next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he had those couple goals in this uh, game uh, against the Sharks. And we'll, we'll talk about more of those in the next show. But, um, you know, that's another player to keep your eye on. I, I like Volkov. I think the Ducks should bring him back. Um, you know, he's going towards the net, which is what you and I talked about. This team has been lacking as players that stand in front of the goalie and get in there and screen and cause some chaos and whatnot. He's, he's starting to do that. He's starting to get into some of those open areas in the slot and, and score. So I'm really interesting. You know, for, I know some of you are out there saying, oh, I'm not going to watch the rest of the season. I, you know, I get it. But, you know, I want to see Drysdale playing in these games. Supposedly, Zegris is supposed to come back up. He, he was uh, killing it uh, with the goals just the other night. Um, you know, or almost every night, basically. Uh, and the goals have been scoring so many points, it's been ridiculous. Um, so you got those things to look forward to. And then, um, like you said, check out Fleury and Volkov coming up. So, I, you know, I hope they do re-sign him, see how it goes from there. Um, I, I think the big surprise, and this was, you know, we had this question uh, from uh, Tony M. Freed on Instagram, is like, who would I have traded? The surprise for the Ducks... You know, Raquel Manson, yes, there's a lot of talk about them. They didn't move one or other. I thought maybe one of those guys would have gone. But the one you and I talked about that we didn't see was uh, Heinen. He did not get moved at all. Uh, that was the one that probably shocked me the most. I, I thought for sure he'd been, you know, scratched a lot. Obviously, he came back in um, these last couple games with more injuries to the players and stuff. Um Obviously, Vancouver, with all that stuff going on, I'm sure teams are kind of wanting to stay away with most of the players being sick, obviously, trying to let that. That's a whole nother mess that the league's trying to deal with. So so anything with him and that, that team pretty much went away. So I don't know if there weren't any other teams that, that were looking into him or maybe Murray's changed his mind. Now he wants to give him more time. But anything else surprised you? I, I know Heinen kind of surprised you too, Eddie, because you wrote about it in the other game recap. You thought he would be gone. I thought he'd be gone. He's still here. Um, what's your thoughts on him or, or any other surprises um, as it pertains to the Ducks? That was the the biggest surprise right there is Hyden not, not being traded. I for sure thought he would not be a Duck come trade deadline. I've said that numerous times. So that was a, a really huge surprise that he didn't get traded. So if you're not going to trade him, then try to figure out where you can utilize him and, and where you can add him and how he's going to be help the Ducks be better because it just made no kind of no sense – that you're not really using him, you're scratching him numerous times, but you don't trade him. You're just holding on to him. So it just I don't know what's going on with that. That's like one of the biggest surprises. I wonder. I was wondering too if either uh, if Miller. I know he hasn't been playing too well, but if he got uh, calls for teams wanting a a veteran backup or even a third goalie going into the playoffs that that can play in I guess those like that stage that playoff stage and and kind of play big games like that. And also the way Carrick has been playing, Carrick dropping the gloves here. He's he's getting consistent on the score sheet, even though that's not his game uh, for the Ducks, and that's not his game moving forward. It's just 
that that's the kind of player that you want as your 13th, maybe 14th forward. Or if, if a series gets a little chippy, you want someone in there to create the energy, to start throwing, uh, you know, throwing your hands around, throwing your body around, crashing that front of the net, making making hell in front of the goalie. That's, that's another player. Obviously, the Ducks weren't going to really get anything significant for him. This would be a future considerations kind of thing or a seventh round draft pick, but or swap a, 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 an AHL player for him. But I think I was surprised that, you know, or at least if, if teams didn't call on him, but I wouldn't want him to see him gone either. He's been playing good. He's been that, that energy the Ducks have right now. And he's a great leadership uh, role for the San Diego Goals, too. He's their captain. So that's I'm glad he stood. But the big, like I said, the biggest surprise was Heinen, him not going. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm with you. Carrick's been playing pretty well for the Ducks. Stolarz has been uh, playing pretty well. Didn't really hear anything about uh, Miller, so I don't know if they called on him. Uh, but it looks like he's you know due to retire uh, at the end of the season. So it looks like uh, Stolarz might be our number two guy. I mean, he had that record-breaking uh, save, uh, you know, shutout the other night. So I mean, he's he's been playing very very well for the Ducks so you know that's the other couple players that I'm going to want to watch you know as the end of the season try to give some positives you know I know that they're going to be playing the Sharks and the Kings they should be able to win some of these games you might not want them to win these games because you got the the you know the draft coming up and whatnot but uh we'll uh now kind of focus on you know just the other trades in general not really go over all of them there wasn't a whole lot like we talked about the trade deadline was was you know a dud line right there wasn't as many moves uh, I love Thomas t- sent me that and I started cracking up, but, uh, but it kind of started, this trade deadline was very weird. It was like spread out a lot. There was, there was stuff trickling in over the weekend. And then, uh, Monday we didn't do a live show, which I'm glad you and I didn't cause we wasted a lot of time last year, I think, uh, trying to get that stuff done here. It, we thought it wasn't going to be as crazy and it wasn't. Uh, but these trades were interesting. I, I mean, there was a couple three-way trades uh, that were kind of crazy and confusing. I, I mean, I'm not going to explain all of them here, but um, you know, ha- you had Columbus with the uh, uh, David Savard trade, and then you had uh, St. Louis, or excuse me, um, Tampa Bay and uh, Detroit all being involved in that one. And you know, you had to do that, and then you also had it where um, you had San Jose uh, and Toronto involved. Um, these like three-way trades it was just very interesting because they involved first round picks they involved ufas but then you had to have another team come in and kind of be a broker to do that and then like those you know players were um having their salary cap split up amongst other teams and then teams were getting picks it was kind of crazy because to me i almost thought like this was something that the ducks would have to try to do maybe uh, to try to get a first round pick is try a three-way trade, which it, I can't remember Murray doing one. Uh, maybe he has, but I thought those two trades were interesting. The three-way ones where you, you had, you know, the, the middleman in there, um, you know, D- Detroit getting a pick in the first one and San Jose and the other one. What did you think about those two trades, Eddie? They were, um, you know, pretty crazy. I had to like read through them a couple times to understand what actually happened. <laughs> Yeah, it was nuts. It's just those kind of trades. There's a lot of moving parts, and I can see why a lot of those trades were made. But like, not on deadline day. It was just, I, I, I can't even think about the logistics of those those trades. But I guess it worked out for for all the teams involved. Uh, Columbus 
got rid of a couple players. He got some some assets back. Hopefully, that's going to boost them up. They've been fun to watch at times. This season, reality finally came, and I guess that adrenaline of them being a playoff contending team kind of wore off, and reality set, so they had to say goodbye. To their captain, too, which I know probably hurt a lot of Columbus fans seeing him go, but that was just... Uh, just I, I don't know just just the way everything worked out like you said Mike I had to sit there and like wait wait what happened and who got what and wait did they traded this but the, the whole salary thing especially uh Tampa Bay Tampa Bay is just crunched already as it is so it was just it was just kind of weird seeing all that and like I said to before too it's been a weird year so why not make kind of weird kind of trades and with the flat cap I could see this happening a lot more next season as well not just this season. Yeah, you're right. It, it is something that could maybe happen again next season. It, it, it took me a minute to try to figure these things out. But, uh, yeah, you know, Columbus, like you said, they ended up trading Savard and retaining salary. They ended up getting some high picks, you know, from Tampa Bay. Um, Detroit ends up getting a pick as well. And uh, Tampa Bay gets some players in it. I mean, just things, you know, work out for everybody in there. And then, of course, you know, San Jose, I don't know if the Ducks would have ever done something like that because they're in the division. Also, you know, they, they see them a lot. They may see them a lot next year, too. Like you said, who knows how the scheduling is going to be um, with those two. Uh, what did you think, too? San Jose uh, ended up trading Dubnik uh, to your other team, Colorado. Uh, what did you think about that trade? Because to me, Dubnik hasn't played as well as of late. What, did you like that trade? Um, Johansson seems to be kind of maybe picking up a little bit better in net. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect uh, your, your number two Colorado, who obviously is going to uh, be a strong contender in the playoffs? It's freaking weird. It's, that's a wild goalie. It's a Minnesota wild goalie. Now he's rocking Avalanche colors. That was kind of, and 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 they're my second favorite team, and I still felt kind of like, oh, like what the heck are you doing? That was just kind of weird to me. But you know what? Dubnik has proved himself. He's he's overcame adversity, getting waived, getting traded. I think it was like three or four different teams that he just was bouncing back from. He finally found a home in Minnesota and kind of reached that elite level status that he got. Obviously, his play dipped in, but I think he still has some elite games in him. And it takes the pressure off a group hour now. So group hour doesn't have to perform like lights out every night. He can have those off games and not be afraid to do that. Or if, if something happens where the, for some reason the Avalanche get all their injuries during the playoffs, this year is different. They had a lot of their in, injuries at the beginning of the season. But the, it came down to the last last few years that they had their third-string goalies that were just minor league goalies, if that, had to fill in roles and, and try to win them games. And it's just hard to do that. You, you can't expect your goalies, the third or fourth-string goalies, to come up there and be stellar superstars. With Dubnik, it gives them that, that extra depth that, and that insurance, too. You know you're going to get some kind of goaltending and decent goaltending, if not those elite-level games that he still has left in him. You'll get him to perform at those levels when he's needed. It's not going to be every night. He's not going to regain form and steal the number one spot from Grubauer, but he can still give you that that cushion and that comfortableness you need going into the playoffs to make them even that more dangerous of a team. Yeah, and your team is going to be one to watch for sure. I mean, having him added in there, you got added depth now, like you talked about. You, you know, he's got that experience, even though he has struggled. But um, your team is going to, you know, them and Vegas, I, I'm taking, are going to fight it out for the West Division, and and you know, be strong contenders. Uh, my my other team, the one that a lot of people don't like, Pittsburgh, they ended up getting Jeff Carter, who I can't stand because he's a king, right? Just like you talk about Doomnick being a wild player, right? I, I 
I don't like Carter. Um, I, I haven't. Uh, so he ends up going over there. Um, you know, probably Pittsburgh, like we said, talked about Getzloff. That didn't work out. Um, obviously, Jeff Carter's salary a lot less, easier to work with there. Um, so Pittsburgh, I'm going to, of course, follow them in the playoffs as I do the last couple of years, unfortunately, because the Ducks are out. But I, I'm like, I, I kind of don't want Pittsburgh to win because I don't want Carter to get another cup. So now I have mixed feelings about the Penguins. I'm not not 100% happy. I might have to uh, go with you and <laughs> root for Colorado or, or, or Vegas and stick with those two teams. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh was talking to the Ducks. So they talked to him about Deloria and Getzloff. We know that much. They ended up getting Carter and that uh, deal there. So um, any other trades that really stuck out to you that you want to talk about? Uh, I know we have Mantha we can get to at the end. That was the last big one. But uh, besides that one, any others that you wanted to cover, Eddie? Or anything about the you know the trade deadline? Like I said, it seemed like it was a UFA-type trade deadline because people were afraid of the uh, the expansion draft. It uh, seemed to be a big thing. But um, any other observations or trades you want to discuss? Yeah, well, you know what? This was uh, the first time in a... But three or four years since I'd actually been like covering the deadline where I didn't have an alcoholic drink at six in the morning in my hand. So that was kind of a kind of a weird surprise. Usually I'm toasted by like two o'clock, barely finishing up the articles and then sending them in. But this year, I, well, I'm not drinking still, so I guess that factors in it. But it was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> some other ones to note were uh, the Rangers traded Brandon Lemieux to L.A. for a fourth round pick. Do we really care? No, but it's L.A. So we want to keep tabs on who they're getting. Um, also, uh, former duck Brandon Montour got traded to Florida from Buffalo. So he has, has a chance to get out of that, whatever's going on in Buffalo over there. Uh, we talked about Taylor Hall. I mean, we talked about Taylor Hall, correct? Yeah. I don't know if we did, no, but no, no, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I yeah, don't think we did. I, I think we did before the show. Okay. Yeah. We forgot about Taylor Hall, but yeah, well, he, he's going, he's going to Boston and you know what? He had a no movement clause and there was other teams that probably could have, overpaid and he could have got a first round pick but his heart was set on going to boston he even stated that he wouldn't mind signing a, a few year extension in boston so uh best of luck to him i hope he starts tearing it up in boston i picked him up in fantasy so that's kind of important to me getting uh, getting paid for one of my fantasy teams i'm on uh, another former duck player that got traded too was uh, kyle palmieri got traded from the devils along with travis zajac to the New York Islanders, uh, they traded for uh, them for a 2001 first round pick, a 2022 fourth round pick, AJ Greer, uh, Mason, uh, and Mason Jost, Jobst. So he's gone over there. Another former Duck that got traded was Eric Gabranson. Of course, uh, he goes to Nashville from Ottawa, so that's kind of bad to see. But I wished all of them all the best of luck too. Yeah, the one thing that I, I think, and it's going to get more of you listening upset, is uh, Buffalo. Uh, this team struggling all kinds, uh, you know, just throughout the whole season, right? They're a crazy losing streak. Uh, the Ducks are battling it out for, with them for a higher draft pick, sadly, this season. But that's what we're looking at. But they, they made moves. You know, they unloaded some people and did some things. They ended up, you know, getting a third and fifth round pick from Montreal, they get a third from uh, Florida, and then they also get a second uh, from Boston. So they ended up getting all these picks. And I know Murray was big on this whole first round pick, but I mean, look at what they did there. They made these trades and, and they loaded up in the, in the draft coming up here. 
Uh, yeah, they didn't get a first round, but I mean, they got a second and a couple third rounds. I mean, that's not bad. That you know, they're trying to get themselves in that position. They're definitely going to have a high pick. You know, I mean, they're really loaded up for this draft. Um, so they did some things uh, where the Ducks didn't. It's kind of frustrating. I, I do think that this draft, though, it's going to be a weird draft, and and we'll save the big discussion on that and, and everything else in the summertime uh, when all this stuff comes up, but. Uh, it's going to be hard to evaluate players too. Um, Thomas and I were talking about this. As far as the Ducks getting a high pick, we want that. But part of the problem is, is these minor league teams uh, either haven't played seasons or had shortened seasons too. So it's I think it's going to be a wild draft trying to determine you know the value of players because uh, you haven't been able to see them as much. Um, obviously, with different issues going to different countries and things like that. So that's something else. Um, to factor into it, but even with that, the the Ducks still could have gotten you know some picks, um, you know not not lower ones, maybe some higher ones. I mean, you just never know. You might get a you know a second, third round pick that would be fantastic. But maybe that weighed in on Murray's decision. Maybe that's why he only wanted first round picks, knowing that you know the scouting reports are going to be kind of limited. But again, he, you know overall he didn't improve the team, and then. You know, Monday, uh, the trade deadline was pretty boring. And then at the end, you get that Mantha trade, you know, just like, what the heck was this? Uh, I mean, they get a couple players, a first and a second round pick for Mantha. I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now? Like, so when I saw that and, and then, and I know it's not quite the same situation. He's got a lot of contract and, and, and whatnot. A guy that can be in Washington for a while, they'd obviously protect him and whatnot. But you saw that deal and I'm like... Why can't we have Eiserman as a GM? I mean, holy cow, man. I mean, he he did a huge deal. I mean, Washington's uh, another one that's trying to, you know, make a move and, and, and make a push. And, I mean, they, they went for it. Um, what did you think of that trade? You think Washington overpaid a little bit? Or, or, or what's your take on that? Because it, it just was crazy. At the end, again, you had, like, the Ducks, a couple trades come in, a couple of these other minor things. I thought the day was over. Then this thing comes in at the end, and I was just like, WTF, dude. This was... This was just crazy. I mean, you know, granted, obviously, Mantha's not a UFA, right? And, and all that stuff. But still, he he, freaking Eiserman got that for him. I mean, what did you think, Eddie? That's a that's a hell of a uh, that's a hell of a return. That's a huge haul. I'm glad this trade happened because it gave people something to talk about. It was just like that big blockbuster trade everyone likes to hear about. But when I saw the return, I had to double check and like, wait, is Dylan Larkin involved? Was that the player they messed up the name? But I think it's a little bit of an over, like extremely overpayment for for him. But I don't know. Stevie Y is making some good moves. He's he's becoming a not not just a really great player, former player, but a hell of a GM. Him and and Sackick too. Sackick makes some. He fleeces teams. Look at the Matt Duchesne situation. He got he that was a three way trade. He fleeced the team. But this was just. Like wow, like that first round, a second round, and then you have uh, Verona where he can play. Uh, I think he can play a, a top six role, if not a top line role, especially in Detroit. He can probably be that guy to 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 eat up all those minutes and, and really show production on the on the score sheet. Panic is probably one of those players is kind of hit hit or miss. Uh, his cap is a little high for the player he is, but still getting all that for Manta, it's just. 
it's insane. I don't know what happened. I don't know what information they had on the Washington GM over there. If they had some pictures of him, he didn't want publicly posted. But holy hell, that was a steal. That that was a huge return for him. It was just wow. That's that's just crazy. Yeah, that that trade was like an anomaly. Like we said, it it seemed like it was the UFA show uh, for the trade deadline. Like we said, you know, GMs were more apprehensive. Uh, about getting a guy that they weren't sure that they were going to protect. So, you know, they were willing to throw some picks or players, um, you know, at, at UFAs in this thing. But th- this one, uh, wow, it's just crazy, you know. Um, or, or like we said, the other ones that they had those crazy three-way trades that they had to work out. So uh, it's just, it's frustrating. Not a lot happened at the trade uh, deadline, as we talked about. Um, we, we didn't expect the Ducks to do a lot, but they did have an opportunity um, they, they ended up not doing anything really to improve the team or speed up the rebuild. So the other problem is, is now trying to value uh, Manson and Raquel in the summertime. I don't know how it's going to look because, uh, you know, one thing that would have been in Murray's advantage is if a team knew that they could protect him um, and they were a team running for the cup, you, you could have had that player this time to try to make that run. And then you would have had them next season as well, regardless if you would have extended them or not, if, if you knew you could protect them. So uh, some things to consider in there. Uh, but, um, you know, the rest of the season, the season's pretty much done for the Ducks. We all know that. I know some of you t- tuned out and, and said bye-bye. But uh, like I said, Eddie and I are going to go to some of the games. Yes. Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you. I, I, I'm looking forward to that extremely. That's going to be awesome. You know what, too, Mike? And a lot of people are pissed off about this. There's a lot of restrictions when you go to the games. I'm actually happy about the restrictions because I wasn't able. I'm not able to drink until May, maybe May eighth, seventh or eighth was. I'm gonna have my first alcoholic beverage of 2021 because I'll hit my weight goal of 185 prior to that. But I'm gonna hit, you know, finally have my first drink. So it's like I didn't want to be at the game and have that fear of missing out. It's like I want to be at the game with the beer, but now it's like I can't drink anyway. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, in my mind, it's like, well, you can't drink anyways. You can't go buy a beer because they're not selling any. So I just, I don't know. I like that rule for my selfish benefit. I know you and the 99% of the fan base isn't going to like that rule. Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, that part, I, I'm not happy. I don't know how. I don't know. I may get a drink or two somewhere else beforehand. I don't know. I'm gonna to have to figure that. Well, out. we you definitely have to meet up beforehand. I'll I'll be your driver since I'm not drinking. But <laughs> I appreciate you inviting me to a couple of games, though. Thank you, Mike, for that. I'm looking forward to watching the games and also looking forward to like hanging out in your company again because it's been over a year since I've seen you, and that's kind of way too long. Oh, I agree, 100, percent man. It's been weird. It's gonna be good to to get back together and hang out. Uh, for sure and, and then obviously we'll have another podcast i don't know if we'll do one before the end of the season or around there but we'll, we'll get another one we'll talk about that um just a couple of little things real quick before I, I wrap this up i know on the last podcast for some reason it, it got cut off at the end we had our giveaway the if you didn't get it i, I re-uploaded it i don't know if it fixed it on all the platforms but the third word was together so if you didn't get it from the last one, so once you have the three words for the phrase, just email it to us at info at ducksandpucks.com. I'll kind of extend it a little bit, obviously, because I know some people had messaged me. We just kind of had a mishap there. So um, just look for that. And then we still have our sponsors too, uh, as well. Um, we have Manscaped, check it out. Um, you get the discount with Ducks and Pucks as the code um, for that. So. 
you know, just make sure um, to look for uh, also Bucked Up and get that one as well as uh, Ducks and Pucks 93 for that one. So, um, you know, we'll post other things about that and mention the little giveaways. We'll be doing some other stuff as well. So just keep your eye out for that. I have something for the Patreon people too that uh, I'll, I'll announce it to them separately, but we're going to be doing a giveaway for them. So if you want to jump on that, patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks as well. And um, I know it's disappointing, but uh, hang in there. We'll ride out the last season, and let's go Ducks.